Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's going on, people? We are Tottenham TV here, back again with another Tottenham update for you guys. And before we get into all the news, please do go check us out on all podcasting platforms, especially Spotify at the moment. We are now on audio platforms. Also, go check out our written content on wearetottenhamtv.com. You can see on the bottom left-hand side of the screen. Joining me for today's update is Spurs Kings TV very own Ash Matic to go through the news today. How are we doing, Ash? My brother, I'm blessed, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on again. Let's do this, man. Appreciate your time as always, bro. Uh, for the first bit of news that we're going to be talking about is the one and only Pedro Neto. Now, according uh, to Gary Jacob, Tottenham have been watching Pedro Neto with a view to a summer move. Wolves are unlikely to stand in Neto's way if a club offers upwards of £60 million. Richard Romano also commented on the subject. He was talking about a few wigger options for Spurs. He said, Rafinha is really appreciated by some people in the scouting department at Tottenham. Him. He was on their list when he was at Leeds. If Barcelona decide to put Rafinha on the market, it could be an opportunity for Tottenham, but not only them. It's also true that Spurs appreciate Pedro Neto. There is nothing advanced. Tottenham have to take their time to decide who the main target will be. But they are, these are two players who have been appreciated by for a long time by Tottenham. And he also went and said, I see Tottenham doing something important in the winger position in the summer window and in midfield. Now, Ash, we saw Pedro Neto first hand on the weekend, didn't we? Absolutely rip apart our defence, especially on the counter-attack. Um, he was extremely hard to deal uh, deal with. He obviously ended up getting um, an assist for the second goal in what was, I think he carried the ball literally from the edge of his own penalty area all the way to our penalty area. What was so impressive about that goal as well is he carried the ball so long and then he, once he got to our box, he accelerated even more. It's like he found like a sixth gear. He was in like, he was like going through the gears in that run and then he 
gets to our box and finds like another gear out of nowhere and ends up also having that composure and the presence of mind to pick out the right pass and obviously set up the goal. It was he was um, devastating. I felt in that game at the uh, Tottenham Stadium on Saturday in our unfortunate two-one defeat to Wolves. Um, if that was a, an audition um, to get him into the Spurs, like if Spurs um, were looking at him in that game, that was kind of audition uh, for the summer. It was quite an audition, wasn't it? He was definitely twerking for us, man. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm sad at one end, but at the same time, he just proved to all the fans, this is what I can do. Like, he, he can play on that left wing. I feel like that's something we need competition for. If Son is no, not available, we know Son's aging, and uh, we have to have that type of conversation. It's almost like when you have your dog and you... You don't want to put your dog down. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not there Yeah, Look, he's still got 18 goal contributions. I'm just saying, you're looking for the future. Maybe I won't be yeah. too there. But he, Son's a, a loved character in the Spurs um, fan base. And he's one of my favourite players. And when it comes to that kind of time when you're like, we need someone else that could either push him or maybe we could put Son in a different position and the fact that Neto can play all three positions, left wing, right wing, striker, I think we've had a real issue up front of late. So in my opinion, I'll be open arms to him. Um, he's an out-and-out winger, so he's a player that likes to take his man on. And I think that's something that some of our players were missing, especially on Saturday against Wolves. So for me, if you've got a player in his, his ranks that can, can beat a man, then yeah, definitely we should go all out for him. Um, I know we might have competition and it may depend on the player's part if we are in the Champions League because he might have that kind of desire and ambition to play for a club that's going to be in Europe. Um, and also, yeah, it might be a thing where he, he wants to play for a club that's, you know, maybe pushing for a title. So mm. we have to be realistic and, and it's not just about meeting the club's uh, Wolverhampton's demands, but it's also about meeting the players' demands as well. But yeah, Neto definitely, lo- definitely a player I look at. Rafinha, I'm not mad at it. I just think he's more of a a goal scorer, if that makes sense, mm. as a, an out and out winger. Um, and it shows in his goal contributions from this season and from last season as well. Just looking at him, even at his last season at Leeds, um, his open play goals. I know he scored a couple from free kicks, but. In terms of his actual play, he had hit the post and the crossbow quite a lot of times, if I remember right, when he was at Leeds. Um, so he could have had a lot more goals than he did. And in our actual system, when we have a lot more of the ball, it'll be interesting to see how Aneto will play in a possession-based side, equally with Rafinha as well. Um, people compare our style of football to Bielsa. So he'll be familiar to it. And he's played alongside... Um, he's played at Barcelona as well, who, who like to have a lot of the ball as well. So... It's interesting to have both of these players linked with us. I think I, I think it's a good point when you're talking about a, a goal scorer compared to like a chance creator because you look at um, our wingers at the moment, apart from maybe Kulusevski, all the other players who we have on the wing, Werner, Son and Johnson... They've always like they've always gotten the most praise when they're scoring goals. They've never really been those kind of wingers who are really great at creating chances from wide areas. They've always been really good. They've always been at their best. Like well, Nottingham Forest, Johnson wasn't known as a chance creating winger. He was known as a winger who'd get into goal scoring positions and obviously get goals. And even at Spurs, you know, some of his best probably his best moments have been you know arriving at the back post and scoring. Obviously, Sonny, and obviously I love Sonny. But 
I've no, I don't think people praise him for his chance creating. Although he's not bad at creating chances, you know, what, what's the best moments in Sonny's career? It's always been scoring, right? It's always been um, those long-range shots. It's always been um, getting the golden boot. That's always been his strong point, is scoring goals. And same with um, Werner. In, during his career, he's always been at his best when he's scoring goals. He's not like the biggest provider of goals. Apart from like maybe Kulisevsky, we don't have that player on the, on the wing who's like a real great chance creation machine and then you bring someone at Pedro Neto that's exactly what he brings someone who's on the wing who has brilliant um, delivery from wide areas and he's great at um, uh, being his man as well and that's also a really important point at the moment I feel like the winger positions are so important because those fullbacks invert at the moment our wingers are just not able to consistently beat their man. And when they're losing the ball consistently and we're being hit on those transitions when our wing battle, when our fullbacks are inverted, it just leaves all that space in those wide areas. And we keep getting hit at the moment in transition. And maybe if we had a winger who's better at taking on his man, better at keeping the ball, that would make our system a bit more functional than maybe it looks right now. Yeah, I agree, man. It depends what the club want to prioritise in. And I think those things that you just listed in terms of wing play, we haven't got many players, maybe like a Solomon, um, and as you said, Kudzeski. Apart from that, physical-wise, phys- I'm talking about physical players, someone that's in the Premiership at the moment, that it's not too much of a gamble. I know people are looking at his injuries and saying, you know, that might be a cause of concern because we're known for injuries and our medical, our medical department hasn't been praise of late but in terms of the type of injuries he's had i think they're all being quite different so it's not like an a reoccurring injury so i think that's why we're not too worried about that side of things but i think he's young enough to kind of um excel i think this is the right time he's having an exceptional season last season he showed glimpses of it as well but yeah i think this season is his breakout season and i would like tottenham to go all out um for him if, if possible and trying to put the groundwork in now as opposed to leaving it too late like we do sometimes with important players especially and giving them like a proper pre-season if if we are to go for him yeah i agree i think here that position is super important do you reckon that it, as romano was saying he sees some uh, spurs doing something important in that position come the summer looking at our team right now would you say that's the prior- priority for you going into the summer just getting a winger who really fits the system yeah, I think about the whole thing for me is improving that starting eleven. I don't want any player that's going to come and bench. Or we've got, we know our starting eleven come what may, Saturday or Sunday, whatever game we play. I don't want it to be like, ah, oh, this player is definitely starting. You know, that's the captain, so he's got to start. I would love it that we've got a headache in our front line where you say, ah, oh, Neto may start. God, I say it, but, you know, Rafinha and Neto. Imagine we had Rafinha. I know it might not be realistic, but I'm just saying, if we had that type of headache where we had two exceptional wingers where we can say, look, you know, we could rest Son, we could could rest Kulu, and we could start these two wingers up top and just give them different problems. Or even coming off the bench, we've had times when we need to step it up. We get a Man City in the cup, but then... They can bring on a Grealish. They can bring on Silver. Who can we bring on that can make a raw impact? Do you know what I mean? That's mm. proven. Um, and, and not one where we're like question marks or this guy, he needs a bit more confidence. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Neto, he doesn't seem like he needs confidence. He just looks ready 
assured in his own ability and more often than not he's going to cause other teams headache just because of his blistering pace and then like you said before that composure in that final third in the box where it matters sometimes mm-hmm. i feel like that's what's missing sometimes decision making these are things that are going to make the real difference and neto has that in abundance and it shows by his this uh stats this season not just his non-stats but his actual stats are, are actual saying a lot in my mm. opinion and, and it makes all the difference you can see at the moment Werner like I'm not saying he's been bad but he just he get he's quite good at getting into those positions but what but you know that delivery that 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 bit of execution in that final third it's just been missing I know he's got a few assists and, and I'm not I'm not, I, I think he has done well as a lone siding but you can just see why at the moment he's maybe struggling uh, he was struggling to maybe find the club like you just you see that maybe I don't know his, I don't think his confidence I just think especially him on the left I don't think he's that great on his left foot and just his delivery when he gets in those positions is just night and day compared to someone like Neto who just consistently is like picking out players and getting assists and the, what, what everyone talks about is in Injuries, and I understand it because you know, as as Spurs fans, we don't want another injury-prone player at the club, and it's it definitely some anxiety about it. But some players are just worth the risk, and I, you know, at Neto's age, there are some players, uh, you know, like like Robin and and Gareth Bale, who are who are known for being injury-prone, but injury-prone at their age, and you know, turned out to be world-class talents and just um, well worth investing in and getting him on the pitch and. For me, the most important thing for me uh, with Neto is even though he's picked up these injuries, he's continued to improve. And I think that's a big thing when you talk about injuries, what, you know, coming back for those injuries uh, and the setbacks it gives you. and Maybe it um, uh, stagnates your development, but I, Neto hasn't allowed those injuries to hold him back. And he's better than ever, I would say, uh, this season. He's continued to improve and that shows me that he's capable of getting over these injuries, in my opinion. So, look. If this club decide, if he passes medical and he and they decide they want to push the button, I think he'd be really perfect. But let's get on to the next story. And this is a disappointing one. Talking about injury-prone players, we're going to be talking about Ryan Sessegnon. And unfortunately, Sessegnon was um, was forced off um, uh, for the under-21s on the weekend. Actually, just before Spurs played against Wolves, um, uh, he played for the under-21s. He was forced off with an injury after 33 minutes um, on the weekend. It soon, be, According to Ali Gold, it's soon became clear that he could not walk back into the building unaided and crutches emerged for him to get himself inside the training complex as half time came and such a disappointment considering he'd taken so long and worked so hard to get back fit obviously he came back I believe against Burnley in the FA Cup literally had what a five minute cameo and then ended up being injured again he's now got himself back fit obviously looked to build his fitness again for the under 21s and only lasted 30 33 minutes and considering even before the big injury he had last year which was um the big hamstring injury which has kept him out for nine months um he was he's even he was even then you know known as quite an injury prone player um but he's pretty much been plagued with injury ever since we've signed him back in 2019 um is this do you reckon this is a low point now for him 
uh, you know, going off for the under-21s after 33 minutes. You know, every time he seems to come back from injury, he seems to be another setback for him. And it was, it's really heartbreaking for him because he just never seems to get into a rhythm where he can stay fit. And it's getting to the point now where I remember Michael Owen used to talk about it when he used to return from injuries. Like, he used to be scared to run because he just didn't trust his body. Like, he was scared if he was to run and, like, chase after a ball or something. Like, he would pull another hamstring and it that led to, like, a real... Um, in you know, in Michael Owen's last few years of his career, he was just the shadow of the player that that we knew because even though he had that quality of his finishing, he just never trusted himself to really go into um, just go give it a hundred percent. And I know Sessegnon is still young, so I don't want to completely write him off. But at what point do you just say is it? Does it get to the point where it's just like, is this guy ever going to stay fit? It's mad. Like I don't know how it is for him. Like maybe does he ever contemplate retiring? But that's madness to say at his age. I know. Was he 23? He's still young, isn't he? Mad young. Obviously, sometimes when you start football younger, it can affect you, um, long, your longevity. Um, and I know that's happened with Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney started incredibly young and mm. he retired earlier as well. And Session was playing regularly at 16, wasn't he, for Fulham? Yeah, I remember. 16 and he was playing pro football. And so... There's cases for it to, to, to do well. There's cases for it maybe not to do so well. And now Theo Walcott, he played when he was 16. He went to the World Cup when he was 16. But he's still kicking ball at the moment, but he's in and out. Yeah, man, it's a shame for him per, on a personal level. I'll be super frustrated. And as you said, how can you really trust your body? Um, he's playing at under 21 level, so it's not as intense as the men's game. Um, I would have thought so to have to pick up an ankle injury there I'm starting to wonder if his body can handle or his legs can handle his 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 own weight because every two seconds he's if it's not a hamstring it is something else so it, it, it's really frustrating on his part but especially our part because we paid how much for him like when we bought him that was it wasn't small money we got for 2020 between 20 and 25 million maybe including add-ons yeah, so but at the time it was 2019 or around that time, wasn't it? So yeah, 2019. Yeah, that that time it wasn't a small fee that we bought him a Fulham, and we had a lot of higher hopes for him. And then we scored a goal against Bayern Munich, and that was pretty much the high point. After that, I can't really remember any too much too many stand up performances from him. And so, if you if you're not on the pitch and you're not available, what good are you to us? It, it, in a business sense and because you are taking up wages you are taking up a space in the team um he, i know he's homegrown talent so i know the, the club value that but at the same time it's quite frustrating for us as fans we want to see our players come out we want to see competition for that particular place um i remember when he did come on for, for burnley Bukario was screaming at him for, mm -hmm. for his defensive lapses and concentration. And so a lot of people may have lost um, a bit of patience in him. Um, I, for one, wanted Sessegnon to do well, but it is what it is. Like, if you're not playing for the team and you're continuously getting injured, I'm sorry. But for me, it's time to maybe move on. I don't know if he's got to go to a different level. Um, but as I said, under 21s, he got injured. So what does that tell you? It's, it's, it's so disappointing. Yeah, for for context of his um of his injuries since signing for Tottenham um in 
in 2019 he's he's only played um he's only played 38 Premier League games um in since uh, coming to Spurs in 2019 uh and 38 Premier League games that is and he has missed through injury 122 games um since coming to Spurs so I think that tells the story of uh, his time at Tottenham and the, the but it gets to a really awkward um thing because not only is he no use to Tottenham when he's injured but it also puts off any clubs from signing him or even loaning him at this point because why would you waste a loan fee on a player who's maybe going to come to your club and get injured and you're going to have to you know nurse him nurse him to fitness again um so I kind of feel for him is he's kind of in a in a, in a between in between a rock and a hard place at the moment because I don't see him getting many opportunities at Spurs. Also, it's also a bit of an awkward thing where I don't see where he really fits in in the in the playing style for Postecoglou. Is he an inverted fullback? I don't know. Is he uh, is he going to be a wide player? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm not sure where he's suited in those positions, but the biggest thing he needs to concentrate on is getting fit. And at the moment, that just seems worlds away when the, and at the moment where it seems he's back on crutches again. So who knows when he's going to be fit? So I feel for the future of his career at this point. Quick question: How fit was he at that Schalke sprint then that he had? Um, that's why uh, like. Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim, sorry, Hoffenheim. And Hoffenheim that, in the Bundesliga. If if for him, he might want to go back to Germany because I remember him having a better time there. I remember him like having a psychologist and saying how good it was. Um, um, so. To be fair, he played twenty three games that season. He did miss eight games through injury, but he did seem to be. Um, he uh, well, he he missed eight games for injury, but only started his first game for Hoffenheim in October of that season. So he was still getting over an injury even when he joined them. And then once he started, he played twenty three games um, that season. So he did seem to play playing fairly regularly, but still injuries did have a, a sort of impact for him that season as well. So. I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. Hopefully he can get back fit and he's still young enough that he can still have a long se- uh, career ahead of him. But when it's, when it's been so many years that he's uh, you know, been plagued by injuries, and it does seem to be the same injuries, hamstrings. I don't know what the injury is now, but uh, I worry for him. Um, I really do. I really hope he can get over these issues because it's, uh, it's for such a young player who had such a great start to his uh, Fulham career, I remember. I remember... 
in the championship he had a season where what he scored like 19 goals or something as a 17 year old and he was looked like he had the world of his world at his feet at the time he was much coveted by many Premier League teams Spurs seemed to got quite a queue when they got him for 25 million and it's shame that kind of injuries has blighted his career as badly as it has so I'm wishing him all the best and hopefully this is yet another blip in what is hopefully going to be a good career for him but what's the what's the biggest concern is that uh, Ange was making a big thing about how he's had this surgery and they specifically had the surgery to make sure that these injuries won't reoccur for him and they he made sure that to be very careful when to bring him back so that these injuries wouldn't reoccur and the fact that he's come back twice and both times I, I look, he's been injured. I don't know if it's a reoccurring injury, but both times he's come back, he's gotten injured very quickly. Within the first one, within five minutes, and the second one, within thirty-three minutes. I mean, that's got to be a major, major concern. So, um, we're, we're wishing uh, Ryan Sesson all the best. On more positive news, um, out in Spain, Alejo Valiz has made his return from injury for Sevilla on his loan spell. Um, Spurs official uh, said that Alejo Valiz made his return on Saturday night as he helped Sevilla to a nil-nil draw away at Valencia having been out of action since December um, since the win against Bournemouth where he picked up that injury the forward came off the bench on 86 minutes at the Messiah to make his debut for Sevilla um, during his loan spell um, but unfortunately obviously the game ended up nil-nil so really really positive he made his debut and he's back from injury now because it did seem a serious injury at the time and um, I really hope that he gets a lot of chances uh, the Sevilla manager Kikes Flores was saying how um, he looked really, really good in training and he's really excited about getting him involved in the first team. So I've, I'm really going to be paying a lot of attention to Valise in this loan. So maybe if he has, you know, if he makes an impact, he can be involved in the first team next season. I remember the goal he scored against uh, Brighton. He came on. And what I liked about him is that he likes to make himself known. He's very busy. He's animated. He gets himself in between the sticks, in between the... the around that penalty spot where you want your strikers to be and for such a young player i noticed that he's got a, a little bit of physicality about him um which, which also um helps to be a forward like he's got that south american kind of bite if that makes sense mm-hmm. and that's what, I, what stood out to me his tenacity his, his willingness to do the running physicality first touch isn't bad either so he's got some technical attributes that i like and hopefully his loan does go well and he comes back um, just as hungry and eager to come back and prove himself at this level in the Premiership. Mm, 100%. Um, next story we're going to be talking about, there's a few quotes coming from our players following the weekend's defeat to Wolves. First of all, Dejan Kulisevsky, and he's been criticising Tottenham's defensive discipline. He was not happy with the performance on the weekend. He's been quoted saying, there's nothing worse than losing. It's so very tough. We had lots of chances. We can't score them. And they're not enough discipline when we lost the ball. They had two or three counter-attacks where we weren't good enough and they made us pay. After that, it's difficult to come back again in the game. We were too many guys up front, too open and not running back as hard as we should. They could have scored a couple goals and that's not good enough. We are not playing good enough, especially in the first half. We're not playing good enough and losing too many balls. So we have to get better. We have to. We have two weeks to work on that and come back in a better shape. We found um, a couple of situations against Wolves. So it is there and we just have to get better and practice in training. We are football players. We want to play a lot and two weeks is a long time, but we have to do the job 
journey. We have to train. We have to get better. So we have to see it as a positive thing. Yeah, I really hope they use these two weeks um, to really get up to speed. You saw Ange after the game against um, Brighton. And uh, I think that he was doing it for Spurs play. And he was asked, you know, is it good that you have this free week to now uh, work with the players or would you rather another game? And he's like, well, given that performance, we're going to need the week, he said. Um, and maybe he feels the same way after the Wolves game. But what do you make when he says... Uh, we didn't have the defensive discipline when we lost the ball and Wolves had two or three counter-attacks where we had too many players up front and we weren't tracking back. Um, is that a criticism? Is he criticising maybe the gung-ho nature of our play? Maybe we need to, you know, be a bit more sensible in our defensive um, display? Or is it a case of the players weren't doing their duties defensively? I, I was surprised by his uh, comments, to be fair, because, you know, we're all about attacking, throwing many bodies forward and trying to, like, outnumber outnumber them in terms of pinning them in their own half. So, yeah, those comments kind of surprised me, but it is what it is. It's, it's maybe the manager's come out and said that as well. So maybe that's why he's come out and, and had a need to say it. I know he's come from... Uh, Parma, Juventus, obviously playing under Conte. So he's come from that school of thought where your defensive, you don't forget your defensive responsibility. But in terms of like, I call it the counter press, when you lose the ball, the first thing is to stop them from doing those counter attacks. They would have been very well aware of what Wolves' game plan was. And it was down to the players to kind of figure out a way to stop them from pushing up the pitch and stopping those attacks from early. And I think when we lost the ball, the, the second ball that happened, I feel like we weren't able to stop that. So sometimes when you lose the ball initially, you need your the field line or your defensive line to kind of win those balls back quickly. And then, and then we're back on the attack. So that wasn't happening. And that's why we conceded so many big chances, I felt, in that game. And that's maybe where Kuliszewski is criticising the team saying we need to be better in those areas. So you're looking at players like Saab, Basuma, um, even Romero, some of our defenders, because they're the ones that kind of win those ball back high up the pitch and then they turn that ball over to give it back to those attacking players. Maybe he's talking about the, the inverted fullbacks, Ben Davies, Udogi, uh, Udogi, Emerson Royale. Maybe he's criticising them as well, saying how they were they were too high up the pitch at times. Because I think sometimes when we do do the inverted role, one pushes and one kind of sits back for just in case. But maybe we were switched off when we had the ball and everyone's trying to get forward and no one's thinking about what, what happens if we lose the ball. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I'm looking at that side of things. But it's an interesting insight to maybe think where everyone thinks Ange Ball's all gun ho but maybe there is some method to the madness in terms of what we do when we push forward. Yeah, that's been a discussion, hasn't it? I think for a few weeks, but it definitely came to a head after the defeat to Wolves. You know, we do, we are a team that's definitely do, does concede a lot of chances. I don't think that's any um, secret. And a lot of people have put it down to, well, look, you know, Andrew's changing the way we're playing and um, we just need to get better at adjusting to his tactics. But I feel like with these double inverted fullbacks coupled with the fact that at the moment, we just don't seem good enough at retaining possession in the opposition's third. 
is leading to a lot of quick transitions in in behind and in the wide areas, and is leading to a lot of chances created. But is that a tactical issue, or is it just a um, kind of practice, kind of practicing Ange's system? Is it just that you know we're eight months into his tenure, and maybe we're just we haven't perfected his system yet, or is just that is that always going to be the case with the way we play? I think it's credit to, to Wolves, credit to Everton. Brentford at times, credit to them as well. Teams are doing their homework on us and they're figuring out a way to kind of hurt our team when we do have that, when we have the ball quite a bit. Um, I think also it's a mixture of the actual players we have in terms of what their characteristics are. Now, you look at someone like Emerson Royale um, in possession, he may not be able to switch to play. Uh, a bit like what Poro is able to do. Mm-hmm. I think we we suffered in that in that regard because Emerson Royal wants to keep it safe. He passes it short, and at times when we need to kind of unsettle their backline and and push them to one side to the other, that's how you're going to open up that you know that back four or their actual team in a low block. Equally, Ben Davies, you want players that are going to run into the box, make diagonal runs and make clever runs into the box, but then have the quality to finish off those chances. We are basically playing defenders in midfield <laughs> that they're actually not bad as actual football players. But in terms of like that technical quality in that final third, they may not possess it. It might not come to them natural. They might. It's a thing where you can't really coach these type of players to do the things that we need in that particular area because let's face it as i said that they're, they're defenders by by trade mm-hmm. so asking a defender to, to make a diagonal run maybe do a false run do go short and go long you know lose your marker that's what's killing us because you then having two players that need one of them needs to be like all right if you go i sit and if he goes i sit do you know what i mean that kind of chemistry that needs to happen and it's the first time emerson royal played right back if i if i'm First time since the opening day of the season, I believe. Correct, correct. So, when when you've got that Ben Davies only played at what Crystal Palace, I I think Um, I can't remember any other time Mm -hmm. he really played in that fullback position. Most of the time we've used them, we used them as centre backs, and so we're now asking these centre backs to play in midfield. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, <laughs> there's no coincidence. You'd think that they'll be good at defending higher up the pitch because that's what they do. They defend right, but. I think because we had a lot of the ball and we were two one down, we were trying to force the um, the questions and where they don't have the answers and they have the quality, that's where we were getting found out at times. And and I think also they they did that on purpose. They tried to like have an um, Neto on that left hand side. That was done by design. It wasn't done by accident. Knowing that Emerson Ryle was going to be on that side, I thought that's that's where they're going to hurt us. Him. I thought Nori. Um, Gomez and and also uh, Neto, they played like a blinder, especially Mm. on making mistakes on Emerson Royal wanted to take two or three more touches than he needed to, and they pounced on that. And certain times, Emerson's like, oh, that's a foul. No, bro, you did too many touches. Mm. You have to picture in your head before. You didn't know what you wanted to do with the ball, and that's the reason why they won possession back and put us on the back foot. 
that's always why I appreciate Pedro Porro so much because as much as he is a fullback, he he sometimes he has the vision of a midfielder, and that's why he's so good in that inverted role because technically he's so strong, but not just technically, he has really great vision and he can play these really clever press breaking passes, which you know Emerson just isn't capable of, and uh, I think it especially when you're asking Emerson and Davis to do that inverted fullback role where they're sometimes in that number 10 position and in offensive areas, you're just not going to get the same outcome as when it's some people like Porro and Udogi who really thrive in those attacking situations. So definitely that was a big problem on um, on the weekend. Um, last uh, uh, bit of news talking about is from Guillermo Vicario and he's been talking and he's quite, he was talking about his move to Spurs. He said, it's undeniable that a club like Tottenham is different from those I've known in the past. Expe- expectations change many dynamics. However, I think that football cha- football changes, but at the same time remains the same in the sense that the ball is always the same and you have to try to understand the coach's ideas, his requests, the level of your teammates you have. For me, the level has risen considerably here and it's nice to be able to compete day after day with very high quality players. And obviously it's made, it's no secret, you know, everyone's been a big fan of Vicario ever since he's come to the club. I thought we had another good strong game on the weekend. There were some question marks in recent weeks about him from set pieces, but um, it's hard to forget that he's, you know, he's in a new league. He's the first, you know, first few months in the Premier League. He feels like he's been playing here for so long. But yeah, he's still made a great start to life um, at Spurs. Uh, I, I, what I noticed on the weekend was um, for the goal from the corner, we had three players around Vicario and Jao Gomez was left free. So do you reckon that's part of getting that balance right between protecting the keeper and, you know, getting the marking from set pieces? Again, I feel that was done by purposely like we're so busy focusing on protecting Vicario that yeah we've forgotten there's a man free and so they probably looked at maybe one or two tapes and said oh look Everton they're kind of leaving these players like free because they're worried about this whole uh a man on on Vicario I definitely think that's one to, to definitely look at but I like what he said in his quotes in terms of like you know players being at a high level uh, understanding what the coach wanted he's got different ideas it's the same ball but understanding the you know that's down to details now and I like the fact that before he wasn't you know used to playing out from the back as much as he has he is now and he's worked hard on it and I know a lot of um, fans have critiqued, critiqued him quite a bit on his passing and playing out from the back but I think overall looking at the season for him coming in I think he has had good distribution um, decision making at times, um, if you want to be super hypercritical, you could say like he needs to be a bit more brave at times um, when playing out from the back. But overall, I think he's, he's actually a competent passer. Um, the little dinks, he, he, he's trying to work on that, you know, when we're playing out from the back, trying to switch to play and hit some of our fullbacks or even our wingers when they drop into an inverted role, trying to play out from the back. I think he's trying to look for those passes. But the fact that he's trying to do it, I, I respect him. Obviously, we know how much he saved us <laughs> on Saturday. The, the saves he was pulling off, even the ones that didn't count, like the offside one against Sarabia, when he hits it on the volley mm. first time, and he just has quick enough reflexes to kind of stretch his body and get down quite low and make that save, I thought was world-class in my opinion. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. There was a couple of saves, again, he made... Um, I think it was, um, I can't remember if it was Neto or if it was, again, Sarabia had another chance and he's just able to stretch his body like a cat. Reminded me of Hugo as well in his prime. 
able to just spread his body across and just keep keep the ball at the back of the net. And that's what you want your goalkeeper to do at the end of the day. But I do love the fact that he, he's very vocal. He's almost like a leader at the back. I know Romero's like the, the vice captain, but just seeing his vocal, like always talking to the players. And I like the way he celebrated the other day with Romero when we got that um, important win, kind of like celebrated it. And other times as well, like when, when he saves it or his defender does well, he celebrates with them. So those things I, I, I really do appreciate. You need many leaders. It's not about just having one captain because everyone talks about, you know, do Spurs have enough leaders in this team? I think Vicario is definitely one of them. And hearing him with his quotes being, it's good to have a man that's a Tottenham man, you know, that someone that loves the club as well. Because sometimes you get players that come in and they're just there for, you know, oh, can they do the top four? Can we? Can they win something with this team? He actually sounds like he just loves Tottenham. He just loves being here and he's just happy to be a part of the project. And he wants to... He's also got ambition as well, which says a lot about his character. Hmm, 100%. But look, Ash, really appreciate your time as always on today's Tottenham Update. Go and subscribe to the Spurs Kings TV. The link will be in the title of this video if you want to see more of Ash Matic on his YouTube channel. But that is all we've got time for for today's Tottenham Update. Like, subscribe and comment. And as always, come on, um, you Spurs. Yes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 